Uh, where's that drummer? Is he in? Where is he? I don't see him. Oh, there he is. Tell me how old you are, sir. 11 years old. And I'm here to tell you, and see, I used to play drums. And that boy has got the talent right there. He's got it, hadn't he? And the best part is he's playing in church. Glory, hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> I just want to encourage you to keep up the good work, sir. You're doing well. Thank you. Hallelujah. I've got some, uh, uh, so a few one-liners I like to share with people. And I might have done that here. I don't remember. But it's just little things that makes you think. Amen. Then the first one right out of the box is out of 100 people, 30 of them ain't never going to change. Ooh. Ooh. Now, I don't know whether that's positive, negative, or whatever, you know. <laughs> or, you know, and, and I, I, ref, I sort of want to think that that 30 Jesus can touch sooner or later. Come on. Amen. Okay, the, the next one is Christians should help each other grow. And isn't that the truth? I mean, they really should. For an example, if you've got a question and pastor's out of pocket or you can't get in touch with him or something, who are you going to call? Can you call somebody to get that answer? Amen. Another Christian? Hello? All right, another one. Jesus never stopped to argue with anybody. I'm just looking down. I didn't look at nobody else, okay? Uh, like Pastor Jeff said, moving right along. Christians absolutely have to have priorities. Now think about that. Why? Because in our life, the way we're living, the way we're going, how fast we're going, if you don't have priorities, it'll take you over. It'll take over your spiritual life. Come on. Got to have them priorities. And this one just kind of stands by itself. The Word of God will make a way for itself. Oh, isn't that good? I love that. Yes, it will. It will always make a way for itself. And this one, I love this one because I've got a, I've had a few testimonies about this. Never, ever go on a mission trip for adventure. How many has been on a mission trip? You didn't go on it for adventure, did you? I've heard some horror stories about this, that people have done that. It's terrible. Anyway, like I said, moving right along. Jesus always relied, always relied on the Holy Spirit. Did you realize that? Think about that a minute. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, I always love when Pastor Jeff did that. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come on, help me. Welcome, Holy Spirit. I know he's already here, but we want to welcome him anyway. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Come into this house. Whoo, hallelujah. Be with us. Touch us. Heal us. Whoo, yes. All right, moving right along. The book of Romans still has answers for today's problems. And you think about that. I see some heads say, think about that. If you don't, go back and read Romans. Come on. There are many different kind of intercessors. Did you know that? Okay. But none of them are more important than the other. Wow. That's cool. I know some of them probably think they are. <clears throat> but uh, uh, I believe in intercessors. And the Lord will point them out to me constantly. And I've had so many people. I walk, Now, this is what I want to talk about, uh, uh, intercessors. I walked up to them, and the first thing I asked them is, how did you, how did you, do you realize when or where or how that you lost it in not being an intercessor? And, and, and all of them would say, no, it was gradual. I didn't, I didn't even know it. Had no, I didn't have a clue. 
That's scary, folks. And that's, that's life getting in the way. Come on. Amen. Listen, we've got to have intercessors. You remember Joanna talks about her dad's tent that held 22,000 plus. In, in New York, I think there was somewhere between 70 and 80,000. You believe that? But what we never hear too much about is there was always a small tent behind the big tent. And what was in the small tent? Intercessor. Good job. Somebody's listening. The pastors are. Never mind. I'm just kidding. No, I love it. I love it because and, and I, when the Lord points them out, points out an intercessor that has not been on the wall for a while, I'll, I'll ask him. And every time he says, tell them that I'll make their jobs easier. Whew, ooh, that's good. Because listen, if you've ever seen an intercessor really, really, oh, mm, I, I mean, I've seen intercessors ball, just roll up in a ball. And, they, and, it, and it looks like they're hurting. Now, I don't know. I, I, I'm just I'm just passing it on. I, I don't know what. To, uh, you know, it makes me think, I don't know whether I want to do that or not. You better be called to be an intercessor. Amen. Hallelujah. So anyway, uh, I want to thank you all for being here. I want to thank you for showing up again. I see some faces that's, that's been here. And thank you for this right here. That is really cool. Thank you, ma'am. And I love the way you worship, too. I know I've told you all that before. That's okay. All right, let's find out what Joanna has, because I'm going to tell you something. We've been busy today, and she hadn't had much time to, 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 to uh, study, so <laughs> you better buckle your seatbelts. There's no telling what she's liable to come up with. Come on, girl. Hallelujah. Holy God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whew. Well, y'all know there's impartation materials back there. Shop till you drop. There's a box to put your money in or your check, or there's a thing to fill out for a credit card. This does help us, and there's books. There's my dad's life story, Jack Coe's story, and A.A. A. Allen book, and there's CDs and DVDs and also jewelry, so fun things as well. Mother's Day is coming up, so you might find something for a mother back there. Amen? Or for yourself. Hallelujah. So thank you. You know, I just want to thank all of you being here. This has been... This is fun. Now, I'm just going to have to confess, I, I, I needed this. This has been great. Thank you, pastors, for having this because I'm just sitting there thinking. I even couldn't fight back the tears in the worship last night and tonight and just saying, God, this is what I need. Just to be in your house with your people and worship and, and just tell you how much I love you. I, I may tell him I love him at home, but there's just not the same as when you gather together in his house and when you come together into the church house. He said, forsake not yourself assembling together, brethren, when you see the day approaching. I, I didn't really realize how much that meant till right now. We used to tell people you're not supposed to forsake yourself assembling together. And, and we thought even back then, but I'm telling you, we're seeing the day approaching. And, there, and the devil knows that the Lord told us to not forsake, and he's trying to make sure we don't get together. But we fooled the devil and came anyway. See, you didn't have to be here, but you came. And I believe because we come to meet with God, he meets with us. And so thank you that you have come. Thank you every night of those who did. And if this is your first night, thank you for your first night here. You're not too late. You're just in time. Because we can receive from the King of kings and Lord of lords. And every church every night, the worship has been awesome. I'm telling you, first night, rocket ship's going to take off over there. <laughs> right, Leah, go ahead and tell them. She just held back. I said, you shouldn't have held back. You should have taken off. And then, Geneva, y'all come along last night, and I'm telling you. And then here we go. I, each night I think I, it just can't get any better, but with God, everything gets better. And you always wonder how Holy Spirit can top himself. 
because he's the only one who can. In, in the world, we're always trying to top somebody else, and you just think, well, at least I, I came even with that or I got close. But with Holy Spirit, he still tops himself. It's awesome. Hallelujah. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you, no one, Lord. There is no one else like you, for you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else. There's not. There is no one else like you. Oh, come on and tell him you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you there is no one else like you for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else. Tell him again. There is no one else like you. We were in West Virginia, and we had been preaching there. We'd gone down to Pastor Ryan's church, and this particular night I was even telling about testimonies and healings and miracles. And, and I don't remember, I had talked about somebody's back being healed and describing that how that God had just went through down in those places and the pain and how it was doing it. And at the end I said, those who need miracles and healing, just come on up. And this girl jumped up out of her seat running up. I mean, she didn't run because she's in pain, but she's like, ah. yeah, she got up and she came up there. And she said, that was me. You described me. That's my back. My mom kept telling me I need to come to the meeting. I told her I can't go. I, I even went to the emergency room, and every bump the car hit hurt so bad. I told her, Mom, I can't even ride in a car. I can't even sit in my house, and you want me to go sit in a church service? She said, honey, I believe you come. God will heal your back. She said she just kept on at me, and I thought, I don't know how. And she said, as I sit there, I thought, I'm going to kill my mom. I'm sitting here miserable all through the singing and preaching. And then you started telling about a testimony of somebody's back and how God healed it. And I thought, would you do that for me, God? Because that sounds like what I need right there. And I said, well, where is it hurting? She started showing me, and I started praying for her back, and I was running my hand up and down it. And, of course, Randy had run back to the back real quick because he knew he'd be right back, but he, you know, had to take care of some business real quick. Higher calling. And so I'm thinking, honey, hurry up, because God really uses him in backs and knees and necks, you know, and feet. And so I'm thinking, I need your help, God. Randy, I'm thinking this as I'm praying because she's like, oh. Okay, wait, my husband, I'll be right back. And I'm like, honey, I'm thinking in my mind, hurry. And I'm running my hand up and down her back, praying, and she's ah, hollering. I'm thinking, okay, I won't touch you. And, and all of a sudden, she started doing some contortions and things. I mean, snap, crap. She started doing back bends and forward bends and jerking and carrying on and almost going to the floor this way and to the floor that way. He came in. She was going in all directions, snap, crackle, pop. And he's like looking like, what's going on? He thought, is she manifesting? Because that's kind of what it looked like, didn't it? When you walk, he's thinking, she's manifesting. And then he come on up, and I said, well, that's real good for backs, what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing, but I know that that's really good for backs. I thought, if she don't stop, she's really going to be hurting. But the Lord was taking it, and just he was just being a chiropractor right in front of everybody. She didn't have to lay on a table. He let her just stand there whining, whining, and 
anywhere. Snap, crap, boom, boom. I think he took her this way, and he took her this way, and he took her this way, and he took her this way. I, I took my hand off and just let all the snap, crackle, pop happen. When he got through, she's like, oh, wow. Oh, she just started crying. I said, I know something happened. Ain't nobody get that happy that went from I'm going to kill you to woo and crying and smiling. Thank you. Thank you. I said, I didn't do anything. Thank you, mother, for making me come. Thank you. It's Jesus. Because you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you, no one, Lord. There is no one else like you, for you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else. There's not. There is no one else like you. I remember it was in Duncan, Oklahoma, and oh, man, was we having some good meetings there. And people were getting healed. In fact, that pastor and his wife used to be evangelists, and now they were pastors. They also believed in miracle healings. They loved them, and they already had over to the side some cast boots. They had crutches. They had a wheelchair. They had a walker. I said, looks like either somebody's needing a lot of medical attention or y'all having some miracles here. I said, because that kind of reminds me in the little corner what my dad used to have all over that tent. He had crutches that he had rope lined all around that tent where he took crutches from, away from people. Some of them were broken and some of them were straight because he broke some of them. And he had them hanging up from city and states that he went to where the miracles of people who come off of crutches who were healed. He had those walkers and those canes and all kinds of things hanging in here this man had a little display over here to the side and he said oh yes ma'am he said we believe in miracles I said well good I'm in the right place you see the reason why sometimes we don't see the miracles we should be seeing is a lot of people don't believe they think it was back then or they may believe for somebody else but not for themselves Oh, I believe that can happen for you, but I just don't know. Do you think God might do it for me? Think. He might. I know he will. There's no thanking to me because my God is a miracle-working God. Everything he does is characteristic for healing, miracles, signs, wonders. It's also for peace, joy. Everything we have need of is in him. And so we're praying for people, and people's getting healed, and this one lady's watching it. Legs are growing out, backs are getting healed, necks are getting... I mean, I could tell you story after story of different ones, but I'm wanting to highlight this particular one. Because this woman finally came up and sat down on the altar after we had prayed for several, and she said, I want you to pray for my knees. My knee is really bad. And I said, okay. I went to pray. She said, wait, wait, wait. She raised those pant legs up, and there was this scar that went from there all the way down here, and it was fresh. Looked like they just took the stitches out. You know how they still look sore and awful, like, oh. And I'm thinking, I almost put my hands in. I would have hurt her, oh. And I'm like, yeah. She said, well, I'm seeing what's going on, and I ain't never been in nothing like this. I'm a little Baptist lady. She said, but these people are saying they're getting healed, and I just got out of surgery, and I'm still having problems with my knee. I think they messed up. And she said, I don't know what to do about it because I don't want another surgery, and I want you to pray for it. Yeah, and she said, I'm still in pain. I thought, well, yeah, you got a bad sore looking there. It's a awful looking. It looks all swollen and pussy and, and stitches just out. And so we just kind of at a distance, not quite, but kind of put our hand real close by it and just started to pray. And the next thing I know, I guess my hand was on top of it. And she said, ooh, that's hot. What are you doing? Ouch, that burns. That's hot. I said, it's not me. It's him. We just kept praying. And so... All of a sudden, I went to go pray for others. She's just sitting there on the altar. And the next thing I look up, and this woman has got up, jumped up. She's running around the church. And then she goes over there to a wall, and she's taking her knee and banging it against the wall. 
I'm like, what is she doing? I'm grabbing my husband. What is she doing? Go get her. She's over there taking that knee. Bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, ah, that doctor will come in here and get us. And she'd come back over. And she's, I like this Pentecostal stuff. I said, well, what are you doing? She said, I'm just making sure the pain was really gone. It is. I was like, oh, I never seen anything like that. Fresh scar, fresh. And I mean, it still looked all sore and everything. But come to find out, the next day that thing healed over. She was already. And uh, come to uh, next time we were at the church, I was seeing all these paintings, like somebody doing this beautiful work. There was paintings around the church and paintings on the wall, the wall itself. I said, my, where's your artist? I said, you know that Baptist lady that banged her leg against the wall? I said, yeah. I said, she goes to church here, and this is what she does. She decided to become Pentecostal. Yeah, she became Babdicost. Babdicostal, amen? Because she found out that God does miracles because she said it happened for me, and ain't nobody going to tell me he doesn't. God is moving by his spirit, and I believe we're going to see miracles like we've never seen before. I tell the stories many times of my father about the miracles in the tent that we watched. I mean, and some of you heard them when I said a woman died, and my husband, my dad went over and said, where is she? And, and he pulled the sheet off of her and picked her up and threw her in the air, and he said, I said, live in Jesus' name. And when her feet hit the platform, she spun like a top and came back to life. He kicked them out of wheelchairs. He'd go over and said, you believe you're going to walk? They say, yeah. He said, good. And he'd jerk them up and kick their wheelchair so they couldn't sit back down. And then he'd say, run, run. <laughs> and some of them would look like, <laughs> and the next thing you know, Holy Ghost hit them, and they'd run all over the place. Guy said he was coming in from New York City. Well, maybe I'll get to my message here. I don't know. He's coming in, and he said, I stopped off in Long Island, New York. That's where he said my dad had that seventy to 80,000 people, miracles. And he said, I was on my way home. I was in the Army. And he said, I went into your dad's tent. Didn't know much about it, but I thought I'd never seen a tent much except for circus tents. And he said, this was a preaching tent. And I thought, what in the world are they doing in there? He said, so I had to go investigate it. And I sat down and I watched it. And he said he was hitting people, kicking people. And uh, he was knocking them out of wheelchairs. And he said, and he said it was amazing. I thought, what's this man doing? He's going to get sued. He must have a lot of money or something because he's crazy. He said, I'm glad I don't have nothing wrong with me because I'd be like, huh, you ain't touching me. And they came up, he said, but what really got me was this one man, they whipped up in this wheelchair, brought it up. He has a ramp that had come up, and he said, he came up that ramp, and he said, your dad went over to that man, and he picked him up out of that wheelchair. Now, the stage that my dad had was about an 8-foot, 10-foot high stage, and it had a ramp that came up and came as high as the stage where he prayed for the people, and then the ramp went back down. And so it was built all across the front of the platform because there was thousands not a few, but thousands that he prayed for. And this particular one, he just went over to him, picked him up out of the wheelchair, walked to the end of the stage, and just dropped him. Didn't ask him, are you paralyzed, are you crippled, or anything. He just picked him up, carried him over there, and dropped him. And went back with his mic, singing and preaching. And probably singing, only believe. That guy's thinking, I better believe. I don't know. I wasn't there on that particular one. I just know the stories. And all of a sudden, that guy just looked like he's going to hit the ground, and he took off running, ran all over that tent. My dad said, when he gets through running, bring him over here. I want to know what's wrong, what was wrong with him. He didn't even know what was wrong with him. And so when they got him over there, he said, sir, can I ask you before I met you and, and picked you up out of that wheelchair, what was wrong with you? He said, well, Brother Coe, first of all, I wasn't even supposed to be in a car to come because any bump, any jar, any movement in a car in any way could have either paralyzed me for life or killed me. The things that's wrong in my bones and joints and everything could have moved in any one direction and I'd either be dead or paralyzed for life. Whoo! My dad says, good thing I didn't know that. I just obeyed God. You need to know what God's saying. You need to know what God is saying. 
He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord your healer. You know why we have a problem in the church? We're not really taking him at his word. So I guess that's going to be the title of the message tonight, at his word. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke 5. We'll try to work with some of this. I don't know how he's going and what. But I do know that when you hear from God, God's going to do what he says he's going to do. He told me not too long ago, and I was telling the church all excited. He said, prodigals are coming home. Get ready, get excited. So I was getting excited. <laughs> I was telling them, I'm telling you, the prodigals are coming. And then we hear this all the time, and it's true, because every year there are prodigals coming home. And I was saying, and as I'm saying that, I'm reaching and grabbing it for myself. And, and then somehow another, we were driving, and I turned to my husband, and I said, Honey, God said prodigals coming home. The prodigal is coming home. But I kept putting prodigals. And, and then... Pretty soon, of course, it was forced by the courts that my grandson, who's been in a lot of trouble, at times I didn't know where he was. It's broken my heart. When he was 12 years old, he preached with his papa. And you know the sermon he preached on? The mustard seed. In fact, when he was 12 years old, he went out and got a bunch of mustard seeds, and he had them in a Ziploc bag, and he told the people, I bet you don't even know what the size of a mustard seed is or what it looks like. So I brought every one of you one so you could have a mustard seed to know what a mustard seed of faith is. And he handed everyone in our church a mustard seed, and he preached on the mustard seed of faith. And I would weep and cry many times picking him up. He'd want something to eat, skin and bones, drugged out. And I'd say, Andrew, you're called of God. You're anointed of God. You're a man of God. And even one time when he was trying to straighten out some, he went on the road with me for a while. And he said that was his mom sent him on the road hoping he'd straighten up. And I'm thinking, oh, great. You better behave because I'm going to be around these preachers. Well, preachers didn't know he wasn't really right with God. So they're telling him, you're here with your grandma. You need to get up here and catch people. So he'd go, okay. So he'd go catch people. And then they said, why aren't you helping her pray? You get over here. And, and so he said, before he knew it, I was busy praying. And I saw him over there. And I thought, what's he doing? I said, what were you doing? He said, they told me I had to pray for people. And he said, I went to this one lady, and she said, pray for my dog, Coco, please pray for Coco, Coco, to get her. And he said, Coco? So he prayed for Coco. He said, what? I said, what would you do? So I prayed for Coco. I didn't know what to do. And then he, and, and I could see him changing during this time he was with me as he'd pray for people and help catch people. And sometimes I'd see him bent over with his head down, and I said, are you okay? And he says, Yeah. He get, threw his cigarettes away while he was with me, and, and his cussing started stopping, and he started, you know, he never really said, I surrendered to the Lord, but he just began, I could see changes. You know, sometimes some people may not make a total confession right to you, but you'll know something's changing. Their hearts and lives begin to change. And I could see this changing in him, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome, you know, what you're doing, and it get tickled at me because there was one place we went to stay. They booked us in a hotel, and, I mean, it looked like it was full of bugs. I know it was full of prostitutes and gangs and stuff because you could see them. This one guy kind of looked, looked like a big sugar daddy, had a girl on each arm. He's checking in. That You could tell what they were, and it's like, ooh, we're next behind them checking in. And I'm thinking, he said, what you going to do, Gee? I said, when we get to that door, we're going to pray every bed bug out of our room. We're going to pray everything. He's like, oh, he thought I was kidding. I wouldn't even, he went to go, I said, stay right there. I said, in the name of Jesus, every one of you bed bugs and disease bugs and rats, mice, whatever, and whatever demons that hung out in here with, with your uh, prostitutes and all this stuff, you get out of this room, you won't be in this room sharing anything with us. This is our room, and God will be in here with us, and you won't be able to make it in here. And of course, when he got home, he'd make jokes about, boy, Gee's funny, she'd pray all the bed bugs out. So you go on the road with Gee, she'll pray for dogs and cats and get the bed bugs out of the place. God was changing him, but even then the devil had ropes and chains because the drugs had the ropes and chains on him. It wasn't long till he kept saying, I'm going to stay home, I'm better, and got right back out and even got worse, got with a girl and has three children now. They're not married, has three children. I've been praying. 
And he got in some trouble with him and her because of their shooting up what I don't even know. Is it meth? Something. I've been crying. And the courts had said they were going to send him to safe P. Safe P is a prison. And I thought, God, he didn't really do anything bad. It's a misdemeanor. And even then it shouldn't have even. But that's beside the point. I told him, you've done things that you didn't get caught at. So this is just something. And I said, really, the Lord loves you so much. He's after you. And he said, well, I don't want to go. And he said, please pray. Pray that I can go to Life Challenge. And so I said, okay, we will pray. That's where you need. I kept telling him, please go to Life Challenge, please. But he wouldn't do it during a time. And so now they're fixing to send him off. This is on a Friday, and his probation officer said no way he could go to Life Challenge. But by Monday, with some help with talking to some people, God changed it all, and he is now in Life Challenge right now. <laughs> Woo! Uh, his life is getting turned around. I, I haven't talked to him much, but his mom talked to him today on the phone, told me his probation officer told him, I can tell a difference in you. You're really doing good. But the Lord reminded me when I was taking him, when he changed it on Monday to let my grandson go to Life Challenge, he said, I told you the prodigal's coming home. I said, you were talking about mine. I was thinking it was people in the church. He said, they will have prodigals coming too. But you have cried out and you're a prodigal. And not only did he, but I, I told her it's not going to do any good for him to go if you don't go. She wasn't going to, but within a week, she said, I think I'm going to go. And helped her get into Life Challenge and two hours away in another place. And she sent me a letter and said, thank you for having me go. I love in this Bible about Jesus. I never knew these things about these stories and how he's changed my life. And so even his girlfriend is getting changed. And transformed and I'm just saying let it stick Lord amen so I'm here to tell you that we're in a season and you better get ready for miracles for healings for prodigals for salvation for deliverance I mean you think you've seen some harvest you haven't even begun to see the harvest we think we're ready we really think we are. But you know, it's like even one of them said, Lord, send revival without the defects. We don't want any of the defects. They're telling the Lord how to send revival. And finally they were so hungry they said, but Lord, if not, we don't care. Just send revival anyway with defects and all. So I say, even if we're not ready and we don't have it together, send the fire, send revival, send the harvest. And even in our mess-ups, we're still going to see a great big hand of God move. And we're going to see miracles. You've been seeing them already, but I'm saying we've been seeing them on a small scale. It's getting ready for like that song she sang, the big something. How did that go? Something bigger. Isn't that how it said? Yeah. You ain't seen nothing big yet. Because something bigger. Bigger. Woo! But we got to know what he's saying. We got to hear what he's saying. That was one of the things that, that even Jesus said. I believe it was in um, Mark. No, it was in Mark, yeah, 9, 7. When the cloud appeared, and there it was at the Mount of Transfiguration. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. Hear Him. Since I speak Texas. In case some of you didn't quite understand what I was saying. That means to hear him. He wants us to hear him. In Luke 5, it says, And it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the word. They didn't get hungry to see miracles. They didn't get hungry to see blind eyes open and legs grow, grow out and feet grow with toenails on it, which all of that happens too, because if God's going to give you a foot, he's going to give you toenails with it. Amen. And if you didn't have a hand, he gives you a hand, you're going to get fingernails. 
all kinds of things. You have no eyeballs, you get eyeballs, and all of these are great. But it said they didn't press in, even though they knew this was the man who was doing miracles, and word was out. He touched the woman with the issue of blood. The blind man on the road to Jericho sees there were ten lepers, and he told them, go and show themselves to the priest, and one came back and worshipped him. I thought, well, that's good if one out of ten get it. That's great. We need more than one out of ten. And when you read about the seeds, one out of four seeds make it. That's kind of scary, though, when you start counting in a church, you know. One, two, three, four. Oh, that one made it. One, two, three, four. Oh, that one made it. The other three are like, what? Anyway, that's a different sermon. I don't know why I'm getting off, maybe, because. But. To pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. What's God saying? This is why we're here. This is why we gather together in his name. This is why we're in his presence. Not only to worship because it's good. Because worship has got word in it. That is a form of preaching right up there while we're reading those words. Some of those songs I didn't know, but I could read the words and go, yeah. Woo, I didn't know about something bigger, but I knew what something bigger meant. I didn't have to know that song to know something bigger is about to happen. I don't have to know the songs, but I can know what the word says. And when the, and now when they get into some of this other, and I'm not talking about Holy Ghost worship. Yeah, I don't know. That's heavenly. But when they get into some of this other stuff like they do in this hip-hop world or whatever it is and junk, they're saying, now, I don't understand that even. I think God's saying, I don't know. <laughs> but when we be declaring to me, that's, that's a sermon's already being preached right before the preacher comes up. And they were hungry. When people start getting hungry to hear what God has to say, things are going to begin to change. The atmosphere, that song, the atmosphere is changing now because the Spirit of the Lord is here. Miracles are happening now because the Spirit of the Lord is here, here as in heaven. The song is saying we want it to be here as in heaven. You know why? Because in heaven there's no sickness, no pain, no sorrow, no depression, oppression, possession, busted, disgusted. It's not in heaven. And it's saying we want this here as it is in heaven. And that atmosphere can be here. And a lot of times it just comes from the word. His worship and His Word. But you get the Word stirred up in you. And that Word becomes life because Jesus said in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word is God. Jesus was the Word. He brought the Word from God. They said, what is this? What is this that's stirring in our heart? What is this that we can sit for hours and listen to this man that is stirring inside of us? They said they pressed to hear the word, and he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And I got to thinking back, that was where the man come running up to Jesus out of the tombs who was had a legion of demons. And Jesus cast those devils out, and he said, take me with you, because now he's clothed. This man run around naked before that. I mean, he's running and hollering. He broke chains and ropes. They would chain him up. They would lock him up. They would throw food at him. And, they, I mean, many times over in Mexico and other places, and I think some of you have heard the... David Hogan, who used to go to Mexico and, and maybe still does, but he said that they would dig holes for those kind of people so demon-possessed and chain them to trees and stuff and throw meat and stuff into them, and they would be down in there in their own feces, just nasty. Did he ever talk to you all about any of that when he came? Well, he, he would... He does. Well, I remember him talking about that, and I thought about that must have been how they treated this boy with legions of demons. Because they said that they would chain him and lock him up and he would still break the chains and the raw and the ropes and he would cut himself. And he would holler. I sure he running through the neighborhood hollering and one of the women would go, Oh honey, there he is again running in our neighborhood naked. 
Would you go out there and talk to him? No, I'm going to tell our friends to lock him up again when we can catch him. I just can't look out that window. That man's running naked. Sometimes I open the window to get some sunshine, and there he is. Ah! And I'm like, ah! It's horrible. And said, here it was that this man came running to Jesus. He fell down, not the demons, and worshipped him and said, then the demons said, did you come to torment us for our time? If you're going to cast us out, they knew. They knew because he had word, he had authority, he had power, and he was uh, God's only son. They knew who he was. Cast us in the pigs. He said, okay, go to the pigs. That gave the pigs a permanent way. That's why they had that little curl in their tail. <laughs> And they went over the ditch, fell over screaming and hollering all those pigs. But here sat this guy clothed and in his right mind. I'm sure people were wanting to walk by to see. Are you sure that's him? You sure that's him? I, I wouldn't know it because the only time I ever saw him was naked. <laughs> now here he is sitting in some clothes with nice looking outfit on, clean cut. That can't be the same one. He said, take me with you, Jesus. I want to go with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you stay. He said, no, I don't want to stay here no more. They, they don't even realize who I am. I'm so free. I'm so excited. He said, but I do, and I want you to stay and show your scars where you cut yourself and broke the chains. And I believe that when that boy got up, he did what Jesus said instead of going with him. He went throughout all the city and said, I'm that naked man who used to come running by your house. And I just want to show you where I broke the chains and ropes. See the scars on me? I've been delivered. I've been set free. The hold the devil had on me. He ain't got no more. I've been delivered. They're like, oh, he's even singer. We didn't even know it. Come on, everybody. The naked man is clothed. Let's go here. <laughs> changes were happening and it got all over that whole area and now here's Jesus coming back and they're saying who is this man that even the very words he speak demons go into pigs and fall off the side and yet we see a man in his right mind because he never had his right mind he screamed and had different voices and different names and he growled at people and now he sings and talks and shows his scars it's revival it's revival we're in the middle of revival and I said really what happened said, I don't know, but I hear he's in town, and he's going to be preaching the word. I want to hear what this man's got to say. And that because of the man, I believe, was partly of the city of Gennesaret, where the demons was, many of them had heard about this Jesus. Some didn't even know, but they were drawn because they had heard there was a word like they've never heard before. And it was a truth, and the truth is what sets you free. And they said, I don't know what freedom is, but I've been watching some of my friends, and they're coming back different, and they're coming with freedom, and i got to go find out what it is. And they gathered in close to hear his word which was a word from God and he saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets now they didn't fish with a pole like we do now they did it with weights and fishes and they had to clean all that moss and gunk out whenever they got through fishing because if not, that, those nets could get hung up and get tore up and they were very expensive and they were very hard to work on. And so they said, okay, we've gone fishing, nothing's working and they're cleaning their nets and they're gone and here is Jesus coming with the word. And he goes over to one of the boats. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon. I'm here to tell you, God wants to get in your boat. And when God gets in your boat, the word comes to lie. <laughs> and chains begin to change. I don't care if God's in your boat and a storm comes along. He will speak to that storm. You may think you're not going to live and be like the disciples. Are you going to let us die? Oh, God, this is horrible. The COVID, all of this stuff of, of politics. I'm going crazy. I'm in the boat. Hush. I always tell people, if Jesus is in your boat, you can sleep through your storm. 
So when he gets in your boat, it doesn't matter if it's a storm. It doesn't matter if it's a boat ride to go to the other side. It doesn't matter when Jesus gets in your boat, things begin to change. Some of you need to get, let Jesus get in the boat and go for a ride. Amen. It's time to go boat riding. I like to go boat riding and fishing. My mom had bought a, a fishing boat, and my brother had put it out at Lake Ray Hubbard, my brother Jack. He thought it was his boat, but I know who paid for it. Those kind of things happen sometimes when you got brothers and sisters and a bunch in the family. And my brother said, well, I got this boat down there. Of course, when the bill was signed on things, it was always mom paying the bill at that, that, that uh, marina and everything. Jack said, that's my boat. Y'all be careful. I said, well, why did mama give me the keys? So we'd go fishing. So he said, I'm going to show you where the best fish are. So he got this boat, reared it up, and it was a pretty good-sized boat. I don't know what kind it was. Backed it up, and we went on down up under this bridge. And, boy, there were fish there. He was right. We were catching more than we I mean, as soon as you put your minnow on and stuck it down in there, boom, they bite, and you just pull them up. And, I mean, I don't even like to put minnows on the hook. I'm like, honey. I mean, I was getting him, but the first time he put the first minnow on, and after that, he's too busy fishing. I'm like, hey, hey, can you put my minnow on? And I'm watching everybody catching these fish right and left, and I'm like, okay, i got to get my own minnow on. So I'm down there holding this minnow down, trying to hook it on. I finally get it on. I get it in the water, and the fish bites, and I go, ah, can you get my fish off? And this fish is wiggling, and nobody will help me get my fish off because they're too busy getting their fish off because they're catching another fish and another fish. And I'm like, okay, so I get a towel, <laughs> put that towel around, <laughs> and I'm trying to hold that thing to try to get that hook out of that mouth with uh, tweezers or something, not tweezers, the pliers, you know, so that I can fish because I'm missing out fishing and I won't get anybody to help me. And he always helped me before until a lot of fish showed up. I'm like, hey, and then all of a sudden we're standing in water. Nobody, everybody's so busy fishing, and because my fish was getting under the water in the boat, I said, what's going on? in water my brother said oh no grab your pose what get your pose quick hurry he forgot to put the plugs in sometimes you don't follow instruction you're going to end up sinking your boat amen and we took off and I was thinking we're going to sink but I didn't know if you go fast enough in the boat and get all the water back out and you plug them and you're okay but the fish were like wild it was crazy and so we're in heaven, a ball fishing. I could tell you more about it, but I'm trying to get to some of this. And Jesus got into his boat, and he said to him to, he said, and he entered the ship, which was Simon, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. You know, when God first gets in your boat, he says, why don't we just get acquainted? Why don't we just kind of push out a little bit? I know you come and you just stuck your toe in at church and you just come and observe before and you just come and did this and you sang a few songs, but he said it's time now for us to just push out some. I want you to come on out here with me because now I'm in your boat. And he began to preach. The reason he had him push the boat back, it, it's the volume off the water would be like the microphones back then. But when I saw that in the spiritual part, I was like, Jesus just... Wants to get acquainted with us. So he says, let's just launch out a little bit. See, he don't just throw us out there all at once. When I came back to the Lord, it began a relationship that began to grow. It began that we launched out and I didn't even realize what we were launching into. Because once he realized that I was comfortable and I began to understand the word and I began to hear the word, I got more comfortable as we, as Christians, when we begin to understand the word and begin to know him. And then he says, now let's launch out into the deep, deep waters. He wants to take us deep, church. He said deep cries out to deep. That's why you want revival. That's why you want miracles, healing, signs, and wonders. That's why you want the presence of God and the glory in the house because it means we're going deep. And he said, those of you that's ready, got your nets all clean, thinking you're hanging them up because you've been doing this all along and it's like we've tried it already we've tried all the songs we've tried all the banners 
We've tried all the other things others have tried. We've read all the stories about every revival, shared every revival story with every person. We know how this is done. We've been doing it. But we ain't caught nothing. Jesus said, I know now it's time to launch deep. Well, we want it. That's right. The word's been spoken, and now we launch deep. It's time to go deeper. It's time to understand what the word's been saying. It's time to say when he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee, that the healer is in the house. It's time to know when he says, I am your deliverer, that demons are going to bow down and run to the pigs and run out with the pigs. It's time that you know when God says, I will give you peace and joy and a peace that passes all understanding and I overcome the spirit of fear and I give you faith that overrides fear you're going to have an understanding of what I'm saying because my word is what it says it is why do you think so much lying's going on I mean they're just whying 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 everywhere lying but I like how kids say it they just whying they whying they're lying to us, and we're listening to it, getting our ears tickled. And I go, no, I have something that is truth. I have a word. And when that word is spoken, it overrides everything you say. If God says we're crossing over the Red Sea, I don't care whose army you got. I don't care what mountains on each side. I don't care that the Red Sea with no boat, no life jacket. If he says we're going to the promised land, there's either going to be jet planes, helicopters, or something. We're going across. Because he said so. And his word is truth. And he told Peter. He said launch out into the deep. And let down your nets. For a drought. I'm fixing to give you more than you can handle. You think you can handle it? You think you're ready pastors? You think man. You got your nets all clean. And you've been trying. And you've been fishing. And you think hey I know how this works. I've been doing this a long time. I've been pastoring. Hello. 40 years I know how to do it. I've been pastoring. 30 plus years. I know how to do it. I've been pastoring. 30 plus. I'm a fisherman. I've been doing this. He said, no, I got to show you. I got to show you where it's at. It's in the deep. It's in the deep. When I take you to the deep, when I take you into the depths of God and into the depths of the presence of God and into what God is saying, and when you begin to walk into those things of Him, all of a sudden you're in deep waters and you can't get out. The only thing you can do is throw your net and get ready. And here's what Peter said, and I'll try to close because I have a whole bunch about his word. <laughs> And I wasn't sure if we was going to do that or what we was going to do. But my husband's right. And he said, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Harvest time. Let down your nets for souls, healing, miracles, signs, wonders. It's going to be. Bigger and bigger. Something bigger than you've ever seen or known. It's a drought. Not a drought like dry drought like some of us is being in and the ground's cracking and no rain. This is such a drought. You're in such depth of God that you won't even know how to handle what's coming. But go ahead and cast your net to the other side. You've been doing it on your side. And you've been listening to others' plans and ideas. But now I'm in your boat. 
And you're going to find out how to do it. I just got in your boats tonight. And I'm going to show you what the real fishing is. I'm going to show you where the depths of things are. I'm going to take you in the word like you've never been in. And I'm going to bring life in the word in you like you've never seen before. Because not only are you going to talk about the word. Not only are you going to hear the word. But you're going to see the word in action. It's going to come alive. Even more so. You thought it was alive before. Get ready. <laughs> Woo, even me as I is stirring, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And that word that spoke the heavens into the heavens and the earth into the earth and the trees and the grass. I mean, just the spoken word, things begin to happen. Even David knew the word was so good, he said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. People are trying to make it out there on their own without the word, and that's why they keep failing God. But when you get the word, devil can't hang out with you. Even Jesus knew that when he came to tempt him, and he said, It is written. It is written. And the third time, and he told him it is written, he left him for a season. Didn't say he left him for good. He's never going to leave any of you for good because he's a demon. He's a devil. But sometimes he has to just let go for a while, give you a break. Amen. And he said, the word. When you speak that word, he can't handle it. None of them can handle it because my word is truth. And so Peter said to him and he said, Cast out, let down your nets. And Simon answered, said unto him, Master, we have told all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at thy word. That's what you got to start saying. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. What did he, he say when Mary said to the people when he turned the water into wine? Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Even Mary, the virgin, when she said, at your, not something about like at your word, whatever you say, Lord, let it be. She knew that word was so powerful, church. Why are we taking the word of God so lightly when he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord your healer by your stripes. By his stripes you are healed. We just quote those scriptures and not really taking him at his word. It's time to get a hold of that word. And it's time to come down and tell the pits of hell, you can't keep this cancer on me because I have the word. And the word of God says, and the word of God is healing because healing is the children's bread and I'm breaking bread with him and I'm going fishing with him and I'm going out in the deep and you try to go out there with me in this boat with Jesus you're going to drown devils and I'm going to catch fish and have fun they caught so much fish the boat started to sinking had to call for help they didn't have plugs like we did with a motorboat, take off and get the water out. He said, Pastor Mark said, Brother James, Leah, get over here quick. We got a house full. We can't handle all them. Get hold of Paul in Geneva. Tell him, get over here. We got a boat full and our boats are sinking just because I followed the word. And the word became life and dwelt among us. And the word became truth and shined its light upon us. And the word became everything it said it is. And things begin to change because now we take him at his word. And here's what I like. And this is, I said I'd close. I'm really trying. So I guess not studying helps. I don't know. I, I'd rather study, I tell you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Whew. And here was so many fish, the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so also James and John and the son of Zebedee, which were partners with him and Jesus. And he said, fear not, from hence thou shalt catch men. But one of the things that Peter said to him, and, and, and this got me, in verse 8. And he said that they filled both boats so that the boats began to sink. 
such a big harvest. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And when I read that, I said, when we see these souls pouring in here, and we see their lives being changed, and we see them saying, I want to testify. I was going to beat the hell out of it, but instead I got the hell out of it, blah, blah, blah. And they're just in your life. Yeah, and other people are. It'll just kill your religious cows, those little new Christians. They're so beautiful that you'll just sit down and weep and say, I'm not worthy of this. And I thought when we see it, that's what we'll say. I don't know why me, God, I'm not even worthy of that you would do this for us. I'm not even worthy that these fish would come, fishers of men, would come to my place. And I get to see these souls being saved. I'm not worthy, but thank you. And Peter said, whatever it is, though, I'm ready to go with you. <laughs> Woo, they forsook all. They left everything and they said, it's you and me. <laughs> you and me because I'm going to tell you that many Christians I mean that many sinners start getting saved I better make sure I'm connected with God because you're going to have a handful I don't know if you've ever gone fishing caught so many fish you can't clean them and if you leave them too long they stink and ain't nobody going to want to eat them most people be telling you what are you doing with them stinking fish over here that stinks you stunk up the whole place get those stinky fish out of here amen you have to hurry up and clean them. That doesn't mean you go clean them just because I'm talking about when you catch those fish, God's going to help you through the word, and there's going to be a cleaning up, and it's going to smell good. And everybody's going to eat at the table, get their mouth set for the good things of God. Amen. Stand with me, please. You know, even the centurion, he came running to Jesus, a Roman soldier. Had a hundred soldiers under him. And his servant was homesick. And he said, my servant's homesick. There's going to be people that they're going to come, but their family is sick. And they're going to say, Pastor, we need to pray. And if Jesus said, let's go. I'll go to your house. And he said, if you'll just speak the word. If you'll just speak the word, your word is so powerful that I know it will get to my, my, my servant and he will be healed. And Jesus said, great is your faith. Mr. Centurion, great is your faith. If I could get most Christians to have that kind of faith, they would see more miracles than they could handle. He said, y'all speak the word right now. And he sent the word, and that servant was healed. God's given us permission to use his name, to speak his word, and to get ready for the biggest drought of fish of men we've ever caught in our life. It's time to let Jesus in your boat. It's time to not just launch out a little bit. Some of you are hanging in that little close area. You've launched out with him, but he says it's time to go deep now. It's time to go deep. <laughs> it's time to get in the deep, deep waters, <laughs> in the depths of God. It's time to get the word inside of you. It's time to eat the word like you've never eaten it before and have an understanding. If you don't, you pray. You say, Lord, help me understand your word. Amen. He will. He'll give you insight. He'll open your spirit to understand what God is saying. And this will come alive. I have fun. I'll never forget when Randy first got saved, he would tickle me. He'd say, hey, do you know how big this boat was Noah built what he did? And do you know that it went, for, I mean, he'd tell me these things like, because it was brand new to him. I was raised on Daniel and the lion's den and, and Noah and the ark and all that. And he's sitting there telling me these stories, and he's making it so fresh and new. I'm getting excited. That's what these little new baby Christians do. You start telling them about the devil, I love it. They'll just grab that diaper and say, we're that devil. We'll get that devil. We're that devil. Because there's a freshness and newness and excitement in them. And so we need to say, Lord... 
take us to the deep. We want to go fishing. We want to catch your harvest. We want to be the church of the living God who's in the boat fishing for what you have for us. In Jesus' name. You better start preparing your people. You better start preparing your parking lots. I mean, you can tell them they think they, they know and they believe. They think I told you that one church that shut the revival down because they thought they knew, but they got tired. I warn people when I'm gone, they're going to get your seat and they're going to get your parking space. And we've been at some revivals where they come in complaining to pastors. Got their seat, got their parking space. I preached in this church right here and said, don't swell when the snakes bite. And warned how you get snake bit and swell up. And the very next night, some praise and worship people were at, not in any of these. This was some people came in here, standing out on the back porch, all swollen from snake bite already. I said, did you not hear the sermon last night? You're doing exactly what I talked about. They're out there, well, I, I had this and, and, and I thought, I'm, and, and I wanted to play tonight. And, I went, and I'm thinking, you're just all swollen up. I came in and told him, I said, I don't think they're getting it. I said, I preach on it, and they're swelling. He said, oh, no, that's what, yeah. You start warning people, and they start doing it. And it's like, it's warning you not to do it. It's not warning you to do it, okay? <laughs> Amen. Lord, I thank you for your word. We take you at your word. Your word has always been truth, and your word has always done what it will say it will do, and it will always come forth as it will. We take your word too lightly. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for just really taking a lot of things from you because you're a good, good father, and you're a good, good God, and you're not mad at us for it. It's like sometimes you're just like, I just want him to get it. So if I can just get them a little deeper, even Jesus said to God when he said, look, this tree isn't producing. It's time to chop it down. And Jesus said, oh, God, give me, give me another year. Let me dung it. Let me put some things around it. Don't chop it down. And if it doesn't produce, if I can't help this tree along, then I'll chop it down myself. And so thank you, God, that you want to be patient with us and keep showing us and trimming our branches and Keep taking us deeper till one day all of a sudden you said, now it's time. Cast your net to the other side. Cast your net to the side of harvest. Cast your net to the side of miracles. Cast your net to the side of overflow. Cast your net to the side of more than enough. Cast your net to the side of prodigals and salvations like you've never seen. Cast your net to the bank account so full you don't even know that the windows of heaven opened up pouring out a blessing that you're saying we can do this here and do that there because we're going to reach more souls. God's going to give you plans. Plans. plans you've had before but you didn't have the finances for but banker Jesus says it's going to work because I'm going to show you because I'm going to take you into the deeper things and you will see in Jesus name amen we can move this <laughs> if you want to thank you